All right, we want to welcome everyone tonight and say Happy New Year. Yes, Happy and New we Year. are going to minister a message that I have just entitled. I mean, this is still the series Mind Brain Connections, but the subtitle tonight is 2020 Vision. And I believe that in 2020, you know, I put a post on some time ago about a prophetic word for 2020, and I said, let's make it a good year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many times when we come into a new year, people will give prophetic words and they'll say, well, God's going to do this or that or the other. But you know, he's done all that he's going to do. Right. He's done all that he's going to do. And so now what he does, he's doing through you and I, right. rather than something external from us. So we're the ones that make every new year great Amen. and grand yeah. so tonight i'd like for us to go to ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 22 and i want to talk tonight about the terrible crystal of ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 22. now as you're turning there let me just make mention of a couple of other verses of scripture one of them is in revelation chapter 4 verses 6 and 8 and it talks there about the living creatures, and it says that the living creatures there are full of eyes. Now, that's not talking about the fact that when you were a child, your mother could see what you were doing. She had eyes in the back of her head. That's not what it's talking about when it talks about the living creatures full of eyes. It's talking about a people that have perfection of perception. In other words, they are viewing things through the Spirit or by the single eye. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22, if your eye be single, you see by the Spirit, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. Now, I want to just give you some facts about the pineal gland. We've been talking about that quite a bit. The pineal gland is really known to science as the third eye. There is an eye. Did you know you had an eye in your brain? So you have three eyes. You have the two eyes on the top of your head that you see things in the outer realm by, but you have an eye in your brain called the pineal gland. The people of the East call it the single eye. They call it the third eye. But that third eye or that pineal gland is what enables us to see the way the Father sees. Now, when you study out the pineal gland, you find that it will tell you that it is cone-shaped. But now listen to this. It is as small as a piece of rice. Wow. It's cone-shaped, but it is as small. Your pineal gland, that so-called third eye or single eye in your brain is as small as a piece of rice. Now imagine something in your body having that much power being that small. Think about that. Something so small that empowers us so greatly that it will balance out the circadian rhythm, it will kill cancer cells, it will lighten the skin. They say today that it can dissolve heart blockages, there are a whole bunch of medicinal effects that the pineal gland brings into our life, not just in our bodies, but it also opens up the realm of seeing things in a greater way in the realm of spirit. Now, Sunday we did a message that I had Joanne put on YouTube today, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to it because I'm not going to minister it here. 
We're going to get into the book of Revelation after the first of the year. But I ministered on the 12 tribes of Israel. And I likened to the 12 tribes to the 12 cranial nerves of the brain. And we talked about a word that's very strange to Westerners. And that is the word that the Eastern people or the ancient people use for the energy that our brain manufactures and then stores in the solar plexus. And it goes up the spine and down the spine. And it does a whole lot of things in the right hemisphere and so forth. But that word is the word kundalini. Now, that's a strange word. It's a strange word. And it's what the ancients used, the Hindu people use it. You know, we need to get used to using different words. I remember when I started using the word consciousness, we had some people that left the church over that. But then I began to show how that uh, it's, in, it's in the Bible. The word conscience, another word is consciousness. Spirit is consciousness and so forth. And, you know, we have a lot of people that use a lot of terminology where they talk about God. We call God spirit. Scientists call God energy. People on the street call him vibrations or vibes. So we need to kind of adjust our thinking and, you know, get used to some of these words. But this word kundalina, kundalini, which is the energy that goes up and down the spine, is kind of a strange word. But let me give you some definition of this word. And I gave this Sunday evening, but I want to go back and repeat that. Here is the definition of kundalini. It is defined as the base of all existence. It's the energy source that keeps our existence possible. Uh, possible. The energy source that keeps our existence possible. It is a different way of saying the spirit is flowing. It refers to the cosmic force or energy that keeps us alive, and it is the source of all electricity, magnetism, and heat. Which leads me to what I want to talk about tonight in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 22. Now, we see the word crystal because we're going to read about this terrible crystal in Ezekiel 1.22. But we see the word crystal several times throughout the word of God. And one place is Revelation 2.21 where it talks about a river that's flowing out of the city. And how many know we're the city? This river is flowing out of the city, and it says it is clear as crystal, meaning it's not tainted. That river that flows out of us is not tainted by traditions and doctrines of men. But it is a free-flowing river, clear as crystal, that is pure spirit. Now, with that in mind, Revelation 2.21 talks about this river that flows out of us. And when we do our Revelation series, we'll talk about that more. And then in Revelation chapter 4, it talks there about a people that are living creatures and they're full of eyes which represent perfection of perception or they're a people that look at things through and judge things through the pineal. They judge things through the single eye or they judge things through the third eye as the ancients would call it. But now let's read here in Ezekiel 1.22. Look what it says. It says, and the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. Now, I didn't bring my chart tonight, but 
The way we could picture this is, as Ezekiel 122 talks about this terrible crystal being stretched forth over their heads above. Now, who are the cherubim apprehended ones? They're the living creatures that are full of eyes. They are those that have this river of life flowing out of them that's clear as crystal. This is who it's talking about. But where it talks about stretched forth over their heads above, what that is talking about is the Christ mind being stretched forth over our heads on the left side. Wow. And it says their heads over their heads above. In other words, what is the above word pertaining to? The Christ mind, the right-sided thinking, the meditation, all those things that we have talked about concerning the right side and what they are associated with. Now, once again, the cherubim here in Ezekiel 1.22 represent apprehended ones, and they're also described in Revelation as living beasts, but they're not really living beasts. They mistranslated that, and it should have been that they are living creatures. Now, we also talked in our message on Sunday evening, we talked about the fact that in the tabernacle, there were three main compartments, three main rooms, the outer court, holy place, holy of holies, and those three main compartments correlate with the three, there are three main compartments within our head or within our brain called the cerebrum, the cerebellum, and also the brain stem. And everything is focused, everything in our head is focused around those three dimensions. I also shared on Sunday evening that if we would lay down on the tabernacle, our head would be in the most holy place. So it's about the head and what's going on here between our ears. The Word of God is appealing not to our nature, that we had an Adamic nature and we needed to get a different nature and in Christ a nature, and that's why Jesus went to the cross and so forth. The Word of God is not appealing to some corrupted or some sinful nature that we had or some corrupted identity that we had, but it is appealing to our head. The Word of God is appealing to our awareness. Now, we are the most holy place. We were always in the most holy place. We've always been the most holy place. We are the Christ mind. We are the promised land. We are Eden. We are the garden. We're all of that. But in order for us to experience who we have always been from before time ever began, we must come out and experience what we can see in the outer court of the furnishings, the brazen labor, the brazen altar. We must come into the holy place dimension after the purification has begun to take place within us to experience the golden candelabra, table showbread, the altar of incense. All of that is experienced within our lives in order for us to walk in and to become in experience all that we have always been. So there has to be that in order. Now, it's connected with a single eye. It's connected with a third eye. It's connected with this terrible crystal. So let me just read that again in Ezekiel 1.22. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creatures was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. In other words, something is stretched from the above realm, the mind of Christ on the right side, it is stretched over the left side. And it swallows up any thoughts that would be connected with the left side where we would, you know, maybe be judging by the five senses uh, or all of those things that we've talked about in this series because there's nothing wrong with the left side. God gave us the left side. But 
where do the five senses, where do the lower thoughts try to connect with? Certainly not the right side. Not with the Christ mind, but they try to connect with that side that has to do with human reasoning, has to do with intellect, which is the left side. So nothing wrong with the left side, but you see, the thoughts that we have when we judge by appearances or the feeling realm or, you know, when lies come to our mind and tell us that we're something that, you know, we really have never been, it tries to connect with that left side, with the intellect or with the human reasoning. Now, notice what it says here in Ezekiel one twenty two again. And the likeness of the firmament. Now, the word firmament means an expanse. It's likened to the heavens. But we know that this is talking about something spiritual. And what are the heavens? Spiritually speaking, heaven is the realm of spirit, including the spirit in you and I. Yes. That's the realm of heaven. That's this firmament that it is talking about here. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of meanings of these words. The root of the word firmament is as though a thing is hammered into shape until it becomes a thin layer that can be overlaid by something else. And that reminds me of the web or the veil between the left and the right hemisphere called the arachnoid. And science says when we get developed in understanding, and I'm going to take this from the natural into the spiritual, when we really begin to experience who we have always been and we walk in that, that veil, they say, gets thinner and thinner. Mm -hmm. It's as though it's been hammered, and that's the root of this word firmament. It's as though it has been hammered so that something else can be overlaid, which is simply the mind of Christ. So the right-sided thinking can be brought to the left side and swallow up all of the left-sided thinking that would have to do. In other words, let's just say it this way. It's heaven and earth becoming one in our experience. It's the woman or it's the wife submitting or yielding to the husband, which is the right side of the Christ mind. And we get all of that out of this word firmament where it says, and the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. Now, we see some other meanings here. The word stretched forth, where it says it was as the color of the terrible crystal, stretched forth over their heads above. Stretched forth has several meanings. Here in Ezekiel 1, 22, stretched forth there means, number one, a breakthrough. What is happening when we slip into the mind of Christ? We are breaking through those old habits and patterns in our thinking. That's good. It also means, listen to this, stretched forth, those two words mean to separate and to scatter abroad. And it's like a seed that is separated from the outer shell so the life can emanate forth and spring forth and be experienced and be seen. It's like Hebrews 4.12 where it says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder, see there's a dividing here, of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, this stretching forth, meaning to separate and to scatter, means that there has to be something that is separated between, as Hebrews 4.12 says, between soul and spirit. Why? So they can come back into the marriage together. 
So there's a separation that's going on right now in our thought processes, in our thinking. And thank God for that separation. The word, the quickened word of God is separating those thoughts, separating soul from spirit, if you want to say it that way, so that they can be brought back together again. Another meaning of the words stretched forth means a mule. Isn't that strange? A mule. As an animal, a mule. And what is a mule but a mule? Mules are bred for heavy burdens. Our thoughts from the left side can be a heavy burden to us. And they have been. And to me, that's the definition of hell. You create your own hell and you make your own hell. It becomes a burden. Left-sided thoughts become a burden unto us. And then lastly, stretched forth also means a seed. In other words, what do we get from a seed? Well, we're about experiencing fruit that remains rather than fruit that's here today and gone tomorrow. But what I hear in the seed is what we do and how we live is by nature. Mm -hmm. We walk by nature. We live spontaneously by nature. It's not something that's an act to us. We're not trying to, you know, attain a certain stature. No, we just live from the inside out. We're living by nature. And that's the meaning I get out of the seed. Now, the word terrible, as in terrible crystal, doesn't mean it's awful. Terrible is the word where we get the word awe and reverence. And see, the Christ mind is something that we must make our first priority. We must reverence the Christ mind. And when we're walking in that Christ mind, the two, the left and the right, have become one as a result of us walking in that Christ mind, then what happens is, we begin to experience this dimension of awe and reverence. And what flows out of us will be awesome. (laughs) It'll be awesome, the manifestation that flows out of us. Now, let's look at the crystal. What is this crystal? It's used several times in the Word of God. The original term for the crystal here is the rock crystal or the quartz. And quartz is very important. In fact, in its purest form, it's pure silica. And it is something that is desperately needed as a covering over our nerves. And especially today we're living in today, we need our nerves covered. You know, when life is so fast-paced and, and you know, people are just, you know, not grounded very well. And we have to deal with those people on a daily basis. We need to have our nerves covered. And so this quartz or this rock crystal or this rock, uh, as it's called here, this crystal in and of itself is that which covers our nerves so that we're not frazzled all the time. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the quartz or the crystal or the rock crystal. What are the properties? Listen to this. This is very interesting. The properties of the quartz or the crystal, and remember, what does the crystal represent? This terrible crystal, it represents the mind of Christ. It represents the mind of Christ. So as we look at the properties then of the crystal or the rock crystal or the quartz, number one, the first thing is that the crystal has two sides. They are hexagonal, which actually one side of it, you can look at the crystal as a coin. It has two sides. And one side is hexagonal, meaning that it is shaped in six different ways. It has six different, hexagonal means there are six sides. So that's one side of the crystal. Now, what does that point to? That points to the fact that it is something that is utilized by mankind. 
Then besides being hexagonal, it's also bipyramidal, meaning it has a pyramid on the top and a pyramid on the bottom. Now, if you study out the pineal gland, you'll find that it also is related to pyramid. For example, when it affects the pineal and the pituitary, what is taking place there is that the masculine, which is the pineal, and the feminine principle, which is the pituitary, begin to work in cahoots one with another. In fact, they're called the queen's chamber and the king's chamber. <laughs> and so what this is talking about in the hexagonal and the bipyramidal, it is simply talking about, since the uh, hexagonal has to do with it's happening in man, and the bipyramidal has to do with the fact that there's a pyramid shape on top and a pyramid shape on the bottom. What is it talking about? And in fact, if you look on your dollar bill, you'll see that there's the single line. There's a pyramid there on all $1 bills, U.S. $1 bills. So what is it talking about? It's talking about the two just simply becoming one. They represent, the pineal represents the masculine principle of our being, to pituitary represents the feminine principle of our being. And what is, the, what is the purpose of masculine and feminine but to become one experientially? Now, let me say this. They're already one. Everything about us is one. But you know what? We still don't walk in the fullness of that. We still aren't fully experiencing that. We're still not walking in it fully and completely. But you see, as, as the word of God, the word within us and the written word, as it reveals truth unto our awareness, then the two become one in our experience. They have to become one experientially. Now, the quartz crystal is also pyroelectric. What does that mean? It means that it is an electrical force and it is affected by heat. And it's the same thing, because it's very interesting here, that the same energy, which the Eastern people call the kundalini, rises up and down our spine, and it is the source of all electricity, magnetism, and heat, and it's connected to the brain. Why is it connected to the brain? Because your brain is an electrical appliance. You didn't know you were an electrical appliance, did you? It works through what? The currents of our brain. Our brain function is electrical impulses or currents that work within the pathway of our brain. And so it's pyroelectric. That's what it's talking about. This quartz, this terrible crystal, which represents the mind of Christ, is pyroelectric, meaning that it is associated with the electrical currents and impulses that work in our brain. Beyond that, when this quartz is heated up to over 1,700 degrees, it becomes fluid. Now, what I hear in that is that when my left and right become one experientially, I can fit into any form. I can become all things to all men. And that's the key. See, I become all things to all men, and I can fit in any situation. You know, Paul said that, that he had become all things to all men. So you see, when, again, when this quartz is heated up to 1,700 degrees or above, it then becomes fluid, and it can fit into any anything why will this that is in this glass or in this cup why will it why does it fit in any direction why does it flow in any direction inside of this bottle see that's what happens to us 
as we operate in this mind of Christ, we become fluid. I think there's a church not too far from Fort Wayne called the Liquid Church. I often wondered, why do they call it the Liquid Church? Well, I think that it might have something to do with this. As we are living out from the Christ mind within us, we become fluid. Now, listen to this. There's, there's another thing that quartz is used for. It's used in a variety of things, and I'm not going to cover all of them. But quartz is used in optical instruments. Now, what does that speak of to you and I? Optical instruments. Quartz are used in optical instruments. Well, that speaks of vision. And as we slip into that mind of Christ, that's what brings us into this 2020 vision spiritually. And that's what I'm expecting this year for us to so be engulfed in this right side of the Christ mind and meditation and all these things that we've talked about that we go forth with 2020 vision spiritually. And when we go forth with 2020 vision, I'll guarantee you it's going to minister to everyone we come in contact with. It's going to be an individual thing, a corporate thing, a world thing, and it's going to, well, Romans chapter 8 tells us that all creation is on tiptoe waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, the quartz is also used for points in balance in pivots. Points of balance in pivots. Now, we talked uh, Sunday evening about the use of the 12 cranial nerves and what they do for us. They regulate the five senses. They help in balance and movement within our physical body, the 12 cranial nerves. And if you listen to that message, you'll hear us talk about that. It was a very awesome message. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. But what are we talking about here? Balance. The quartz, the mind of Christ, is what holds us in balance. Keeps us in balance. See, because when we're thinking and judging from the left side, judging by the seeing of the eye, natural eye, and the hearing of the natural ear, we're not in balance. We're out of balance. See, and I believe that's what we need to experience in our lives. We need to be grounded. We need to experience this balance within our lives. And the mind of Christ, see, so, so the quartz is used in optical instruments. It has to do with vision. It's also used for points of balance and pivots. Simply saying that the mind of Christ brings this balance and brings us vision. Now, notice in verse 22, still in Ezekiel 1, that it states here that the living creatures which had this terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads from above or from the right side was as the color of the terrible crystal. But you know, crystal has no color. Right. In fact, in Revelation chapter 21, it states that it is clear. It's this, it's this river of living water that is flowing out of a people that is clear as crystal. Right. So crystal has no color whatsoever. Now, what is the correlation here? The word color there should have been translated the word eye. So again, we're back to vision. We're back to 2020 vision. So all of this is referring to what? It's referring to the single eye, the pineal, the mind of Christ, the third eye, whatever you want to call it. And it's showing us about the Christ mind being stretched forth above, over into, from the right side to the left side, being stretched forth above, from the above realm to the below realm, so that this marriage experientially can take place and heaven and earth can become one in our experience in this earth. Wow. See, that's the purpose of God. 
That's the purpose of God. It's not for Jesus to return on trigger and come back and make everything right in the earth. That's not the purpose of God. The purpose of God, he gave the earth to the sons of men. So Jesus ain't coming back to clear things up and to clean things up. He gave that job to a people that have been given all things that have been blessed with everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so what this is talking about is the fact that heaven and earth are being joined together within a people today. And once heaven and earth are spiritually, experientially joined together in individual people, then there'll be no problem with heaven and earth out there being joined together. And things will begin to... Not so much change, but they'll be what God created them to be in the, get, in the beginning, mm -hmm. from the get-go. Now, crystal is used seven times in the Old Testament. It's used three times as frost, three times as ice, and here in Ezekiel 1.22, it's used as the word crystal. Now, let me just give you a number of, of scriptures here that will help you to understand this crystal, this Christ mind, a little bit better. And you don't have to turn to these. I'm just going to throw these out and read these to you. But there's one in Job 37 and verse 10 that says this. By the breath of God, frost is given. It uses the word frost instead of crystal. So in other words, let me read it again. By the breath of God, frost or crystal is given. It's asking a question here. How do you and I, or how are we going to ever see or have 2020 vision? It's going to be as we slip into that mind of Christ, or as it says here in Job 37:10, by the breath of the Almighty. Wow. And what is the breath of the Almighty? It's your breath. Wow. <laughs> the breath of the Almighty is spirit. It means the inspiration of God. So as it says there, by the breath of God, frost or crystal is given. How are we going to see and have this 2020 vision? It's going to be as we begin to see crystal clear. And the only way we're going to see crystal clear is when we begin to view things, not by the two eyes on our head, but as we begin to view things through the pineal, through the single eye, through the third eye, whatever you want to call it. Now, another one is in Isaiah 2.22 that states that man whose breath is in his nostrils is of no account. What is that talking about? It's talking about the fact that we don't live by man's inspiration. We don't live by the breath of man, but we live by the inspiration. As Job 37.10 says, we live by the inspiration of the Almighty. Jesus said it this way, man does not live by bread alone in his temptation, but by every word that proceeds out of the breath or the mouth of God. Hmm. So as it says here in Job 37.10, it's by the breath of of God. It's by the breath of the Almighty. It's by the mind of Christ that frost or crystal is given. How can we see? How can we have 2020 vision? Simply through the breath of God, mm -hmm. through the inspiration of God, through this crystal that we're talking about. Now, another one is in Job 38, 29, and this is the one that asks the question, and it says, out of whose womb, out of whose womb came the ice? And the hoary frost of heaven, who hath gendered it? In other words, the crystal comes out of someone's womb. Whoa. Guess what our womb is? Our oh. womb is the left side. Oh. Our womb is that which 
can think from the five sense realm or can think from just intellect or can think from just human reasoning, the womb is the left side. As we bring the mind of Christ, we sow those seeds, the lagos, we place or deposit the seed of God into the womb, the feminine side. And as we do that, then we're going to birth. As it says, out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven? Who hath gendered it? See? So if we don't deposit the seed into the womb of our awareness. Now, Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 13, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, you need to put a girdle on your head. <laughs> put a girdle on your head. Meaning what? Gather your faculties. That's one of the meanings of resurrection. It's, it's a recovery of truth. But it also means to gather our faculties. How do we gather our faculties? By taking the seed, the sperm of God, the mind of Christ, and depositing it or intercoursing with the left side so that that seed can be deposited in that feminine side of our being. So that's the only way we're going to be able then to birth the nature of Christ. Remember, awareness is manifestation. <coughs> what does that mean? Awareness is manifestation. It means we're always manifesting on whatever level our awareness has come into. Whatever level our awareness is at, that is what we're manifesting. Yeah. So instead of jumping on, oh, we got to have this manifestation, we got to have the other manifestation, we need to jump on the awareness. We need to jump on putting the seed into the womb. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to jump on. Now, let me give you another one. Psalm 147, 17 says, He casteth forth his ice, or crystals, like morsels. Now, the words casteth forth there in the Hebrew means to hurl or to cast, and it's also associated with another word being the word adventure. In other words, this waking process that we're experiencing is a great spiritual adventure. Yep, yep. And as we involve ourselves in this great spiritual adventure, things are being cast forth or things are being hurled from the very inside of our being. Wow. What is being hurled out of our inside of our being? Whatever we have put into it. Whatever we've deposited in the womb, as Peter said, whatever we deposit. See, this is what Jesus was talking about when he gave the parable of the sower sowing the seed. He said, you've got to sow the seed into the ground, and the ground, he said, was the heart. Mm -hmm. So the left side is the heart awareness. The individual consciousness is the left side. And so this is what he's talking about here in Psalm 147. He cast a forth his ice or crystals like morsels. Now, this word morsel is a very interesting word. Let me read it with the right words here. It would really say in Psalm 147, 17, he adventures forth. He adventures forth his crystals like morsels. And the word morsels means to open. So as we're open to these truths, you see, as we're open to these truths, we're on a great adventure and we're hurling or we're casting forth the seed that has been sown within us. Amen. It also means an open heaven. The morsels means an open heaven. We're under an open heaven. We've always been under an open heaven. Yeah. We've not realized it, but we've always been under an open heaven. All you have to do is be open a little bit and you're open under an open heaven. Yeah. You see. And so this is what we get out of these words. Now another one is Genesis 31 and verse 40 that says, Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night. What is that talking about? What do the crystals do? 
they consume everything of the darkness of ignorance. Oh, that's good. On the left side. Let me go back and read that again because, you know, the way it's worded there seems a little, you know, a little hard to understand. But it says, Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night. What is it talking about? It's talking about the crystals swallowing up, consuming up all of our ignorance, all of our man made traditions and doctrines. All of those things from the left side that are lower thoughts, they're all consumed, they're all swallowed up as we yield or pay our tithe. Mm -hmm. Take that 10% that they say we use on the left side and yield it to the, as the woman, yield it to the husband. Mm -hmm. And as that takes place, all of that darkness of ignorance is swallowed up. Amen. Let me give you another one. Job 6, 16 says, which are blackish by reason of the ice. What does that talk about? Which are blackish by reason of the eyes. In other words, when we are operating out of the single eye, exercising the single eye, operating out of the Christ mind, nothing can stand before us. Wow. No challenge, no temptation will shut the mouths of lions. Wow. Nothing will be able to rise up and challenge us or tempt us that we cannot overcome. Wow. And it's something we do naturally. It's not something that we do. We have to fight. We have to bind and loose and all the stuff we used to do. The Christ mind will just naturally flow as we're living out of that single eye, as we're living out of that Christ mind. Now, another thing that's important about the crystal or the quartz is that it is pure silica. And I've stated already that silica is that which covers our nerves. It's good for teeth. We're talking about the crystal. It's good for teeth. It's good for our nerves. It protects our endocrine system. It protects our nervous system. And this is why I've been saying quite a lot lately how that, you know, in, in Christianity, we want to talk about, oh, how anointed so-and-so was preaching and teaching and praying for people and operating the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm for all of that. But we need to start talking about the chrism that flows within our physical bodies. If we want to experience, really experience being in the ageless one, if we want to experience as we grow older chronologically, if we want to experience life and vitality when we're 102, then we need to adapt some of these yeah. modalities of thinking into our lives. Yeah. Because, see, medical science tells us that the older we get, the more our hormones become depleted and so forth, and our vitality, we get weaker and so forth. But I don't think we have to experience age-related disease. No. I think we can go right through that, and we can have everything in our bodies operating at optimal level just Amen. as when we were 15, 16 Amen. years of age. Amen. I believe that. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. And it's dependent upon not just being anointed to preach and teach and pray for people and do all the things that we do, even though that's good, but it's as we will connect with that which our physical brain produces and flows within our body, the chrism, the oil. And we've talked about this many times. One is a milky colored substance. Another is a golden colored substance. And what is that talking about? It's talking about us experiencing the land. This is the land flowing with milk and honey. And when we experience the land flowing with milk and honey, let me tell you, we're going to have some vitality. We're going to have some energy. We're not going to have all the age-related diseases like, you know, diabetes and, and dementia and Alzheimer's. We can bypass all of that. I mean, either it's the truth or it's not the truth. And I choose to believe that it's the truth. Now, 
In Ezekiel chapter 122, what was Ezekiel seeing? When you read that whole chapter, and I'm not going to go through all that, but what he was seeing was a viable, this is what Ezekiel was seeing in Ezekiel chapter 1, he was seeing a viable, visible vehicle, mm -hmm. which is you and I, in the earth that was affecting everyone and everything they came in contact with. And this group of people who are full of eyes, as it says back in Revelation, and it also says it here further on in Ezekiel chapter 1, this is simply a people that have perfection of perception. And the only way we can have perfection of perception or see the way spirit sees or see with our spirit, the only way that can happen is when we are experiencing the Christ mind, when we slipped into that Christ mind, when we're exercising the single eye, and we're not so easily offended by words that seem a little bit strange to us Westerners. <laughs> so we might as well get used to some of these words. Yeah. Now, notice in verse 16, I guess this is where it is, where he saw the four cherubim, and he saw this wheel in the middle of a wheel, and then in verse 18, it states that their wings or their rings were full of eyes. What is that talking about? He's talking about cherubim or apprehended ones that have 20-20 spiritual vision. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about these people. And see, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, this is what I believe the wheel in the middle of the wheel is. And there's different ways of explaining that. But I believe the wheel in the middle of the wheel, see, because you're a big wheel tonight. <laughs> Your big wheel's turning, but the wheel in the middle of the wheel is that Christ mind. It's that Christ mind. It's that single eye. And as we experience and walk in those, then we're going to experience what we've been talking about in this whole series on mind-brain connections. We're going to experience the land flowing with milk and honey. We're going to experience 2020 vision, spiritual vision, that's going to make a difference in our individual life, in the corporate body of Christ, and on a universal basis. Amen. Amen. And we are going to walk, and I'm done, we're going to walk in this upon the earth. Amen. And most people today, in traditional religion, in fundies today, the fundamentalists today, they believe you cannot experience this till in the sweet by and by, the pie in the sky, when we're raptured out of this hellhole and we leave this earth. But he placed us upon this earth. There's going to be, and we talked about this in our resurrection, there's going to be a people that are going to bypass the grave and they're going to experience, really know and experience being in the ageless one. You know why? Because they have drawn from the right side, they're living from the inside out. Amen. And listen, that is our purpose. Amen. So let's determine in 2020 that we're going to acknowledge all that he's given us and blessed us with. What good would it be to be blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies and be given all things that pertain to life and godliness and he's all in all and all y'all as all y'all? What good would it be to have all that just to fly away somewhere to some <laughs> heavenly glory yeah. and not to be able to affect people yeah. corporately and universally? Yeah. And so that's it, folks. Yeah. 2020. 2020 vision. 
And I'm looking forward to 2020. I am definitely looking forward to 2020. There's going to be a first fruit people in the earth that are going to recognize this first. And they're going to say, I'm going to grab hold of that. I'm going to walk in that. I'm not going to be short-sighted. I'm not going to miss out on this. We're here to stay, folks. And we're here to be the people that will affect this earth. Amen. Father, we thank you for this people tonight, for your presence, for who you are, for your love, for your grace. You've made us bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. We are your body. We are Christ. We are as Christ in the earth. We thank you for this opportunity that we have. Thank you that you've given us all things that we need. We lack nothing. We're totally unlimited. We have all things to be able to affect not only our lives, but everyone we come in contact with. We thank you. We honor you in the name of the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. amen. amen.